Thank you for listening into this episode of the For the Kingdom, Not the Brand podcast. I come to you with a heavy heart, especially with the tragedies that have occurred in the past couple of weeks in the United States, especially when it comes to shootings. I'm heartbroken by the news that on June 2nd, almost a month ago now as of this recording, two sisters in Christ were killed in Ames, Iowa at Cornerstone Church in a targeted attack in the parking lot as they were going to a summer salt meeting that night. I was grieved, especially since I knew people at the salt company in Ames, Iowa, and the church I attend in Madison, Wisconsin was planted by Cornerstone Church in Ames, Iowa. It was our mother church. In fact, many, if not all, of the current staff members in Doxa Church have been involved in the salt company at Ames. I felt prompted by the Lord to make an episode about this tragedy on how we can respond to such a heinous act in a biblical way. But I want to say that let's not downplay or ignore what happened. Two women of God were murdered on their way to be nourished by the word. And a church is left grieving over a loss that occurred so close to the doors of where it gathers. There are so many questions as to why this happened and to what extent we can help our grieving and suffering church family. As the Sunday service on June 5th at the current church I attend in Georgia ended, I read over to Psalm chapter 3, which is a Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. It says in the CSB translation, Lord, how my foes increase. There are many who attack me. Many say about me, there is no help for him in God, but you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of thousands of people who have taken their stand against me on every side. Rise up, Lord. Save you, my God. You strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessings be on your people. There's much comfort that we can draw from Psalm 3. We see in the entirety of the psalm that the Lord's protection, His peace, and also His comfort, His love, and His justice are displayed through David's plea. In the first two verses, we see that David is shown to be distraught. He has a multitude of foes after him. Many of them say that there is no help for him in God. There is this honest plea from him in the current situation that he's in. He's on the run from his son, and it has crossed David's mind that he feels isolated, perhaps even alone in his suffering. Yet, even in the midst of this plea, David comes to recognize in verses 3 to 4 that the Lord is his shield, his protection. The Lord is comforting him in his sorrow, and the one who lifts up David's head. And the Lord answers David's plea from his holy mountain. After David receives the Lord's peace with the recognition of his divine protection, he sleeps, and he wakes again with the declaration that he did so because the Lord sustained him. 
He further goes on to boldly state that I will not be afraid of thousands of people who have taken their stand against me on every side. David begins the next stanza with a battle cry, stating, Rise up, Lord, followed by another plea. Save me, my God. He proclaims even more about God and his justice and how the Lord strikes all of his enemies on the cheek and that he breaks the teeth of the wicked. He goes on further to end with a statement that salvation belongs to the Lord and with a supplication that, that may the Lord's blessings be on his people. In this psalm, we see a consistent theme that even in the midst of a troubling trial, there is hope found in our God and our Savior. He draws near to us and he sustains us in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of trials. Even though there are many who scoff at those who run to the Lord and choose him over the comforts of the world, he is still our shield, our protector. Even in difficult moments, he is the great comforter who lifts up our heads and answers our prayers. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4 declares that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Even in the midst of the most dire of times, the Lord can give us his peace and he continues to sustain us. Everything we have from the Lord is a gift from him. And every step that we are able to take, every breath that we breathe, and every sight that we behold is from him and it is a way that he expresses his faithful love for us this love is something that cannot be separated from us even as David said as he was on the run from his son in a rebellion attempt as his son tried to attempt a coup d'etat the love of God still sustained him for it says in Romans chapter 8 verses 31 to 39 it says what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not, not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter what trial we are undergoing, and no matter what suffering we are being afflicted with, it cannot separate us from his love. Nothing and no one can pluck us out of his hand. And we stand every day by his power and by his grace. In the last stanza of Psalm 3 is a pronouncement of the Lord's justice. For he is the one who strikes David's enemies in the cheek and breaks the teeth of the wicked. The Lord is the one who ultimately enacts perfect, righteous justice. We ultimately do not put our trust in human judges, but on the judge who is seated in the heavens. 
He is the only one who can judge impartially and perfectly. And he will enact his divine justice on those who practice immorality and for those who persecute and want to harm his bride, the church. Salvation belongs to the Lord and the Lord only. He is the one who holds us in his hand. He is the one who chose us before the foundations of the world. He died for his church, his bride. He is our great high priest who has ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God, continually interceding for us on our behalf. In every waking moment, we are promised eternal life, a gift of God through Christ. And in eternal life, it is such that our faith will be turned to sight. May we never forget the Lord's promises, even as the prince of the power of the air attempts to sway us away from the Lord. And the day after, our two sisters in Christ were called home to glory. Cornerstone Church had a prayer service, and in the midst of much weeping and sorrowful prayers, there was still hope proclaimed. Jesus understands our suffering, and he understands what we go through with tragedy in our lives. He's the man of sorrows and is acquainted with our grief. As it says in Isaiah 53, verse 3, Yet he still remained truly God as he veiled his glory during his earthly ministry by taking on the form of the servant, and he is the only one who truly conquered death. I'll quote the article from the Gospel Coalition about the Cornerstone Prayer Service as I begin to close. As Christians, we have hope beyond our grief, Vance told the room. Because we do know that for two precious sisters that were lost last night, they had already been found by Jesus, which means death won't be the ultimate word over their life. The church can't be marked by the message of death when she has the one who conquered death, he said. We're going to celebrate the resurrection with tears. We're going to trust in the God who is bigger than our pain. We aren't going to act like our pain isn't real. It is but we also aren't going to act like God isn't real because he is. My friends, because of the resurrection, we are justified by him who was raised. Death has been defeated. We are made alive in him and through him. We will appear with him in glory when he returns because our lives are now hidden with him, as it says in Colossians 3. Because of his resurrection, we, we will be raised again to a new incorruptible life with Christ at the sound of the last trumpet. I cannot help but to think on the last few lines of the famous hymn, Amazing Grace, as I close. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we've first begun. Catch you guys in the next episode. The Lord bless you. Peace.